for listening to the Life Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. Romans chapter 8, did you find it? Verse 17, well, let's start in verse 16. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, oh, and it gets better, joint heirs with Christ, the anointed one. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon, now that is not the Tulsa version, that's actually in the King James. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Somebody say, the glory glory is going to be be revealed in me. For the earnest expectation of the creature, or of all creation, waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. Woo, hello. Tonight, there is no excuse for you to leave here not knowing your purpose. There is no excuse to not know that you've been empowered with the Holy Ghost. After tonight, you are at a crossroads. I like something I heard Wigglesworth say one time. He says, I'm a minister that brings you to a crossroads. He goes, I'm not here to leave you in the same outfit I found you in. So if you get mad, he says, change your pants. Amen. That's it. And with my kind of preaching, some of y'all may have to change your pants a couple of times. But praise God, after hearing Joe, though, you should be just fine. And wouldn't that be cool after hearing uh, Brother Joe's ministry for the last few nights or last couple of services and getting raptured in my service? How cool will that look on a website? Man, I'd be able to put on our website, no longer here. What you looking at? I mean, praise God. Video be all over YouTube. Hopefully there's somebody that's not really sold out to God that'll put it on there for us, you know. <laughs> and it's always the ones that don't know what to do. Just kidding. But this is something that we got to understand. So many people have been praying. Churches gather together for this very reason. And they've been hungry for it. And they're okay to be hungry for it. But we've got to have correct theological thinking about this. Because number one, if you want biblical results, you got to believe what the Bible is saying, not make it what we want it to say. I believe that this is a true statement, that the manifestation of the sons of God in fullness will be eventually as we're here on our thousand-year reign. I understand that. I'm not uptight with that thought. But why would God put this in here so blatantly and give us so much instruction, which we're going to look at from Jesus and Paul tonight, that we shouldn't be able to operate in some of this stuff right now, even if it is a practice run, getting thousands of people saved, getting thousands of people healed, seeing these things manifest and happen but we still gather week after week and pray for this very thing Lord we ask you to manifest your presence God we ask you to come and manifest your glory and it's okay don't get upset and condemned if you prayed that but that's part of it but we're praying for an external manifestation instead of an internal manifestation because the glory of God is meant to be revealed in you and I I've seen a cloud. 
But seriously, I've seen His presence externally manifest. But how cool is it when people look at you and go, I saw Jesus in your eyes. I mean, and you don't get the glory. Don't even try to. Don't even want to. He gets all the glory. But that doesn't mean you don't submit to the very thing you're called to do as a son of God. Not the son of God, but sons of God. Say, I am a son of God. So that means you look like him, you smell like him, you talk like him, you act like him, you get the same results that he gets, and you don't have to wait to get to heaven because, honey, listen to me, why do you need an anointing when you're in heaven and you're right there in the fullness? He's giving you an anointing right here, right now on this earth to manifest as a son of God. Come on, touch three people, say, I'm about to manifest. Now, if your spouse looks back at you and goes, we'll take care of that in a minute. This chapter butters my biscuit. When I look at this, it it just keeps going and going and going, but we don't have forsaken time. The earnest expectation, the entire earth, all of creation is waiting for us to do our part. So while we've been listening to excellent, some of the best teaching on the end times, and I'm so honored to be able to do, my first camp meeting ever was with my friend Joe Morris. And that was back in 95. And he's just now allowing me to do another one with him. I know he's not watching. He just texted me, said he's still flying. But, you know, I said, well, we'll use our faith to help you out, whatever. But anyway... We've been listening to all of this stuff coming together, and yet we're wanting to know. We want to know post-trib, mid-trib, pre-trib, and all this other stuff. And the point that I think is most valid is this. Whether it's pre, mid, or post, that, that don't, don't, don't stop looking at that. Because what you're doing is looking for your exit. Your exit will happen when it's supposed to happen. The Word says we're to occupy till He comes. So if you're only wanting to know how much longer we have so you can put on the burners, come on, and really press in and launch into greatness, then praise God, run with that. But the thing I want you to hear is this, is when you and I are constantly looking for our exit, we'll sit back on our laurels and go, the world's getting darker, the world's getting worse. Who's going to be our next president? Will there be a presidential you know, election and all this other stuff? Instead, why don't you start going good? The world getting darker makes me look bright. The world getting darker is showing you that there's a need for the sons of God to do their part here in this earth. What do I mean by that? This is something the Lord told me. He says, being a doer of the word, you know what James 1.22 says, do not be just a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. He told me this about, oh, I don't know, a few years back. He says, son, too many of my Christians, too many of my children think that doing the word of God is how much you confess it. He said, that's part of it, but that's not all of it. Confessing the word doesn't mean you're doing it. By whose stripes ye were healed. Oh, what's that pain? Better go to the emergency room. What, 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 what did you just confess? My, come on now. 
Oh, you know what? I believe that I have what I say. And I'm speaking to that mountain that's keeping my kids from knowing Jesus. And speaking to that mountain that's keeping them from coming back home. In the name of Jesus, I command that mountain to be removed, cast in the sea. I don't doubt my heart, but I believe those things that I say should come to pass. I have whatever I say. Oh, hallelujah. Ring, ring. Hello. Yeah, uh, your son's in jail. Oh, my God. I can't believe this. How do you react? What do you do? We had a 30-day revival here at the beginning of the year in February uh, in Milwaukee. 30 days. The pastor is nuts. I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, he wanted 30 days of revival. We had 33 services in 30 days. We lost count of how many people answered the altar call because the people that were taking the stats were on their face before God, weeping and crying out to Him. We don't have an accurate count, but we do know that there were hundreds. We also know there was hundreds of miracles. Since we last saw you, we've seen two more people raised from the dead. That's a total of five now. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I used to say all the time, you know, I get tired of reading about all these other people seeing the dead raised, you know, and that God put that desire in my heart. So I started speaking publicly. One day our ministry will see the dead raised. Didn't know that the first one was going to be my little girl. Oh, oh, can, I, can I get a hug? Come here, honey. I want them to see you. Look at this beautiful little alive child. I love you. Let them see how beautiful you are. This is Cassidy Elise. She's eight and a half years old, and she's very much alive. Praise the Lord. God bless you, sweetie. And so that's our youngest. Uh, but the, it's, the last thing you want to have happen is somebody, you know, that you're that close to. You know, it's easier. She was uh, just about almost a year old. I think she was 11 months old. Had the worst case of croup cough that the doctor had ever seen. And at that age, you know, you know, I don't want to get into the whole story. But needless to say, she flatlined out there. And that's the most god-awful noise you could hear. That beep. It's just the worst noise. So you have to shout Jesus louder than that beep. That's doing the word. Laying hands on them and saying, in Jesus' name, I command life back. That's doing the word. That's not just confessing and hoping somehow, some way, I did it just right and then it happens. No, you have to be a doer of the word. And honestly, as a father, that was not the person I wanted to have raised from the dead. Now, I'm glad at the time, but that was not. I was thinking I was going to be somebody in Africa, you know, that I didn't know. Like, he got, you know, or somebody. You know, bring up, he can... Bring him up, you know. What's wrong with him? Well, he hasn't been breathing. He's dead. Okay, in the name of Jesus. You know, it's, it's easier. Sometimes when you're not invested in the, you know, the, oh, in the name of Jesus. This was not in a service. This was in my, my life. It was in my business. It was, you know, nobody was there singing hallelujah. Come on. It was just right there, raw. And the Lord said to me after we, and I, and I heard later uh, another minister said something similar. God must have fun with that. When she was raised from the dead, he said, I did my part. Now the hard part is you raising her from this point on. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> it's been a joy though. She's little Hurricane Cassidy. You never have to guess where she's been. Praise God. <laughs> Still ignoring me. All right. <laughs> So when I was studying this, this story came to me, and I wanted to share it with you. 
in Milwaukee, they gave us, uh, I think they messaged us, private messaged us and said that uh, a, a 30-year-old woman had drowned, they, she had passed out and then drowned in her own uh, vomit. She asphyxiated, and they didn't know how long she had been there in that state. She was obviously different colors. The machines and stuff were able to keep her organs and everything fresh and all of this. I'm not trying to be gross, but, you know, the doctor said, you know, she's, there's no brain activity. She's gone. Uh, we're just keeping everything fresh until everybody decides what we're going to do here. And so they, the family came to the meeting, and I said, yeah, we'll pray. You know, I'll even give you a cloth. You know, send it to her. We believe in this. And so here she came down and the family was all there they could have been at the hospital but most of them there was like eight or nine of them that all came down to the front and they were all weeping please don't think i'm a jerk yet i'll give you another opportunity but this is amazing they were all down there weeping well don't now's not the time to weep please understand what i'm saying don't give place and start mourning and praising the negative not now no, I mean, we still got her body. She's still, you know, come on. She's not buried. Let's do something here. And so I told him, I said, folks, please stop crying. Just stop. Begin to rejoice. Begin to laugh. Now, you know, they weren't going to laugh. They weren't going to go from, ah, to the, you know, I mean, they were, they were invested in this woman. This one of them was, you know, the daughter, sister and aunt and all this. And so here they are. And they begin to look at me like I just thought you are rude. Well, how did the nice preacher help you? I'm not being rude. I'm trying to help you. Stop mourning. You're only going to mourn and draw to what you're mourning. I said, what you need to do is this. We need to start rejoicing that she's alive and attract to that. So we took authority over death and we gave them a cloth. And listen to me, we were rejoicing. The whole church was shouting and running. This was on a Sunday morning even. And so they called us two hours later. They said that she opened her eyes when they were in there laughing and rejoicing. I told them, now take this and blow up her room with laughter and joy. I said, give it to them. Glory to God. Cause life to soar and surge through those veins again. And while she was on that bed, she opened her eyes and sat up and they all began to scream. If all you do is sit around and confess the word with no action behind it, please, come on now. I believe it says somewhere in there that your faith without is... So we want a live stuff. We want to be living epistles. And so we, we got this report. She was in her right mind. She wasn't slurring. She was actually asking how she got there. She didn't know how long she'd been there. She was all back in her right mind. And they said, this is impossible because even if there had been a miracle, she would have at least been a vegetable tied to machines. Hallelujah. She's not a vegetable. Hey, glory to God. Let's back up in this chapter here and look at this here. Okay, so what does that mean, the manifestation of the sons of God? That means simply this. You start getting the results that Jesus got on this earth. What was it that Jesus went about doing? He went about doing good and healing some, all that were of the, because God was God is not just with you. He's in you. 
that's a place to shout right there. God's not just with you. He's in you. You carry the glory. Jesus went everywhere teaching, preaching, and healing. That means he was demonstrating everything he was teaching. And what was he teaching mostly? He, you know, he was always talking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not merely a place. The kingdom of heaven is. But the kingdom of God is a systematic way that God does things. So the things that he does everywhere, we can get the same results doing them here. Oh, come on now. Jesus was trying to teach them that. If anyone shall say unto this mountain, be removed. Do you think they'd ever heard that teaching before? I didn't know we could move, we can move mountains. That's pretty cool. It's so cool that we in Tulsa have no more landscape. Because every single Bible school graduate has moved all of our scenery to Idaho. Cast it into the sea. Well, you could see that they were still learning stuff, but their pride couldn't quite get it to the sea. If you're a graduate, praise God. If you're like me, you're just thankful you graduated. But so anyway, Jesus goes everywhere teaching, preaching, and healing. But what was he teaching was significant. He was teaching about the kingdom of God, talking about the operating system that believers should operate in. To know your authority, to understand your anointing, to understand your purpose. And guess what? It doesn't matter. Thank God for Bible school. I'm a proponent of that. I think I taught in one of the world's best Bible schools for over five years. I believe in it. I've graduated from Bible school. And this church has an amazing Bible school in it. Okay, come on now. And I believe with all of my heart that even though you haven't gone to Bible school, that doesn't mean you cannot operate in this stuff. Come on, that doesn't mean, well, you know what? I was cussing up a storm on the way here. You know what? Ask God to forgive you. Tell him to deliver you of that and just say, go on. And now, Lord, use my mouth to give you glory. Use my mouth to cause mountains to move. move. Use my mouth to speak into people's lives and see the dead raised. I'm telling you right now, seeing the dead raised is not the most ultimate gift that a minister or a person can operate in. He considers that normal. He's wanting us, according to John 14, 12, to do what? Greater works than these. Oh, I lost you right now. Look at your neighbor and say, are you number six? (laughs) You get it? Sir, are you there? (laughs) Sir. He just dozed off. That was a close one. So we back up. What's the manifestation of the sons of God? I know we usually preach line upon line and go forward. I'm actually going to go backwards so we can see. What is the manifestation of the sons of God? In the highlight, we just see this. Number four, verse 14. A manifestation of the son of God is that sons of God is you are led by the spirit. Now, this is going to mess with you, but don't, don't let it mess with you to the point that you just reject it. Cause it to get you to a place to where you're like, hey, if this happened, I can see it. I want to operate in it. Jesus, what scripture did he stand on? What scripture did he use to spit into dirt, take a big pile of mud, and stick it in a blind man's eye? <laughs> you're not a blind man. <laughs> 
What scripture? We know Jesus wasn't just versed in the word, but he also was the word. He knew the word, but he was also the word, John chapter 1. But what do we see here is this, which is amazing, is that you can be led to do biblical stuff and not... Don't shut me down now. Don't you get away from the word. That's not what I'm saying. Thank God for this word, this holy foundation we're standing on. This is a sharp two-edged sword that cuts away all that junk that doesn't need to be in your life. It's what causes you to know what if you're the spirit or the soul. I understand that. But what scripture did Jesus use and stand on to say, just a minute... Thou thus will spitteth in the groundeth and stick it up in your eyeballeth. <laughs> That's the amplified. He didn't use any scripture. He was led by the operating in kingdom of God stuff. He was letting you see an example. That doesn't mean you get squirrely and go up to your pastor and say, Hey, God told me I'm not going to do my ties no more. If it's already in the Word, you missed that one. If you're getting biblical results, that's different. For instance, I don't see anywhere in the Word where it says sit somebody down and have them kick their feet out and see a leg grow out. But we've operated in that. And I didn't know how much I'd, uh, that Brother Hagen operated in it until I, somebody sent me a YouTube a few years ago and said, Look, Brother Hagen was doing this. I said, Well, that makes sense. Thank God for impartation from great men of God. But where's the scripture? It's about healing. By whose stripes ye were healed. It doesn't make sense to, to tell somebody. That, all right, we had an altar call. One of our meetings, we had an altar call. And, and this lady at the end of the altar call, she wouldn't go to the room back to the. I mean, it was a big crowd. Nobody would. She wouldn't go back. I said, lady, what are you doing? She just seemed like she was one of those kind of ladies that wanted the mic. She's this tall and also that wide. But she was a powerhouse. She said, Pastor Jay, can I please? Well, sweet black M&M. She said, can I please have that microphone? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. They that are led by the Spirit of God, you know, what did I do? And I, she goes, please let me tell God's goodness of what happened. She said, you said on three, if you mean business with God, get up here and run up here. She goes, I've been in a wheelchair for 18 years. I said, give her the mic. Give her the mic. She's up there bouncing like this and saying, when you said give your life to Jesus, I came running up. God gave me my legs back. I was in an accident. It's impossible for me to walk. Oh! How can you just sit there like you're having bad tacos? Come on now. This is exciting. God already has anointed you to do these things. You learn to develop in it. You learn to grow in it. You learn to mature in it. Sure, but that shouldn't stop you from being a doer. There are people out there that know less than you do. At least operate in what you know to operate in. Well, I can't do that. That's the pastor's job. No, 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 no. You know what? You're going to help the pastor. You're going to help me out if you'll start learning to operate in this. Ooh, what evangelism will take place when you go and lay hands on the sick and see them recover? And they're like, my God, where did you learn this? Come here, I want to show you. I want you to get hooked up with a family of believers that are more radical than I am. Ha, 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 ha. 
So anyway, we back up. They that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. This is part of the manifestation of the sons of God. But how come you're led by the Spirit of God? Well, you back up to verse 11. Because you have the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He's alive on the inside of you. He's quickening you. Glory to God. He's anointed you. He's ready to see you do the same works that Jesus did and greater. Come on now. We've got to stop waiting that something's eventually going to drop on us. That something eventually through my prayers I prayed enough yeah you should pray yes you should study but in the meantime you should be ready to go and talk to somebody about Jesus and tell them God's a good God he healed me he's gonna heal you but I don't even believe in it it's okay I do no 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 we need them to at least have some kind of a faith lesson first If that's the case, then why is it that Jesus went up to the man at the pool of Bethesda? Come on now. He went up to the man at the pool of Bethesda that was waiting for an angelic visitation. You can bring me down just a little bit now, guys. It's an angelic visitation that happens periodically that when the angel comes in and stirs the pool, the waters become stirred, that then that's when everybody who's in sickness or ailing rushes to the pool to receive what? Their healing. Only one gets this lottery pick, though. Jesus decides to come in and give him another visitation. Greater than angelic. Oh, my God. And he's talking to this man, and he's going, what's your deal? Well, I've been lame, you know, for a while here, and I'm just waiting for uh, the angel to stir the water. And when he does, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to get down there and try and beat these people that aren't dealing with leg issues. Come on now, somebody help me out here. That means he's a hoping and a praying. Does that sound like the church at all to some degree? Waiting for you to be good enough for God to move in your lame situation? When he's already visited you from the cross? And then took you to an upper room? And then decided not just to have himself move in, but take God the Father, Jesus the Son, and through the Holy Spirit, all three move into you at once? Come on now. That sounds more like a habitation and not a visitation. Stop praying for a visit. Live with him. Come on now. He's in you. Greater is he that is in than he that's in the world. So watch this. So why don't you just take up your bed and walk? Because I don't have a man. Sound like any single women in here? You get it? Well, Jesus is visiting you. said, I ain't got no man. 
He didn't even realize that the only man he's going to ever need was right there talking to him. So we know his faith was not in Jesus. Can I get an amen anyway? His faith was in that angelic thing. It was in tradition. It was in historic stuff. Waiting on a real life manifestation. But just being near your healing doesn't give you yours. Oh, come on now. You just being near the presence doesn't mean you carry it. You being in a good service doesn't mean you can present one. Now watch this. In the Old Testament, in the temple, what did they have? They had the glory. They had the fire. In the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, they were led by a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. If the cloud didn't move, they didn't move. If the fire didn't move, they didn't move. So in the Old Testament, how cool would that have been to see a cloud in manifestation? In the Old Testament, I mean, how cool would that have been to see fire, a pillar of fire? How cool would that have been to see these external manifestations? But I want what God wants. Hear me now. It would be awesome to see fire shooting all around the place like this. But I want what God wants. God must have thought it was greater and more supernatural to not have clouds out here anymore, but have clouds in his people. He must have thought it was greater not to have fires out here, but put fires in you. He thought it was greater to not have a temple made with man's hand carrying the glory, but a man, a temple made of God's hands that now have the glory and the fire in them you carry the glory you carry the fire oh come on now and he's waiting for you to manifest that but our prayers are lord send revival lord let your presence come in this place what's one of god's names yeah way but <laughs> He's omnipotent, which means all-powerful. He's omniscient, which also means all-knowing. But what's omnipresent? He's everywhere all the time, all at once. Stop praying for his presence. Start operating in it. Come on now, if Walmart doesn't have any presence of God, the moment you walk in, the presence is there. Stop telling on yourselves and saying, oh, you know, I was at church the other day, and I'll tell you right now, I didn't feel the presence. Stop telling on yourself. The presence is there, whether you sang the right song or not. I don't worship him to get him to show up. I worship him because he's already here. I don't even need the right track or song to sing. That's for others that are working things out. Actually, what would happen if you just came in and you weren't all fellowshipping, but you just started focusing on the fact God is here. And I know the worship team's about to start in 10 minutes, but I can't help it. I'm going to lift up my hands. I'm going to lift up my voice. I'm going to start praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to start magnifying God in other tongues. I'm going to start singing praises unto Him. I'm going to start worshiping right now. What would happen if you did that and just acknowledged that He was already here and that you brought him in she brought him in he brought him in we all brought him in he was here without us anyway because he's everywhere he's omnipresent come on now oh this is good i'm spitting all over the place made in a spitting image what was it joe did I look like Billy Idol. He looks like Elvis. Anyway, 
so. <laughs> Billy Idol. Anyway. So what's another way that we can see the manifestation, manifestation of the sons of God? Obviously, you're led by the Spirit. Why are you led by the Spirit? Because you have the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. My God, you've got resurrection power on the inside of you. Where were we just at? These are all miracles that have just happened here recently. I, I mean, I honestly, I have a trouble remembering, honestly, and I give God the glory. But, yeah, okay. Uh, what about the one in, uh, oh, yeah, that was a good one, too. Let me do the one in uh, Missouri and then remind me about Michigan. Praise God. This young lady stood up in the service, and I said, what's going on? Totally interrupted the service. 14-year-old young lady. She said, I have been diagnosed with, it's a rare tumor. Help me out. Out of the Onomatopoeia family. And so anyway, it's anyway, it's nasty. It started in her intestines in April, and just this past month, however many months that is, only a few months, it had already grown and was doing like this around and attached to her spine. We've got the video, we're gonna post that. The testimony, the doctor said, if we operated on you, young lady, you will die. There's a very good chance you're going to die because everything is attached to the spine. However, when somebody knows you ain't the son of God, but you are a son of God. And God has anointed you to start manifesting as one. You go and tell that thing to get up out of that body in the name of Jesus. Hear me now. You can say, well, brother, that's just your gift. That's just your calling. I'm going to tell you right now. Stop using that as a cop-out. You are anointed. He said, believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If you're a believer, then that's the office you need to be in. Oh, come on now. That thing, all the pain left, she begins to weep. My wife's over there grabbing all around her side and said, where is it? What are, what, are we, what are we feeling for? She begins to feel for it. Her mother came over and started to feel for it. They began to fall in on their knees weeping before God saying, we can't find it. It's totally gone. You know, I know not everybody's going to get a hold of this message, but sadly, this message is for everybody. This is for the church. So we keep praying for revival and the manifestation of God's glory. And yet, what we keep waiting on, God's turned around and He's waiting on us to start manifesting the glory. Hmm. And then we back all the way up. How do we see this manifestation of the sons of God? Where does it all start? By the renewing of your mind. If you're not thinking right and you're thinking squirrely, you're going to get squirrely results. You'll be climbing trees looking for Pastor Rick. So you get off my coconuts. Let that banana go. Come on now, is anybody getting anything tonight? I don't want to take up your time, but these are special services. This is a 15-year 
monumental mark in this man and woman's life, in your life, in this church's life. This is powerful. This is a end-time church. I wish I could get an amen anyway. Full of end-time ministers. That doesn't mean you've got to have pastor in front of your name or evangelist in front of your name. But you are all called to do this. Why? Because he saved the best for last. You may not look like the best. You may not feel like the best. But honey, you must be because he has saved the best for last. Now, please, 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 I thank God for Brother Hagen, my spiritual, really, grandfather in some ways, my spiritual daddy. And then thank God for Wigglesworth and John G. Lake and Catherine Kuhlman and Amy Simple McPherson and Maria Woodworth Etter. And thank God for all these great men, Lester Summerall and all these that have gone on before us. But are you ready for this? They were the seed and you and I are the harvest. Let me come over here to the crack section. You can be set free. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wigglesworth saw 20 some odd people raised from the dead. That's somebody that got a hold of it. His ministry didn't start till he was 60. We could just say his walk with God didn't start till he was 60. He was a plumber. He was illiterate. The only thing he knew how to read was the Bible because his wife Polly taught him. This man believed so much in the things of God that, that, that if you had a hot meal, then right afterwards, he was going to have the meal of the Word of God with you. We would call that religious today. Oh, my God, I can't believe he better put that Bible out. My God, he better get an iPad. <laughs> and it better only be 20 seconds. My attention span, and God knows... Wigglesworth saw 20-some-odd people raised from the dead. His wife was one of them. Can you imagine rushing home? This was before cell phones. This is before pagers. This is before... He just heard and rushed over and buggy and carriage. Come on now. <laughs> and he gets there. He runs upstairs, sees his dead wife there. You know, discolored, not breathing and everything. And what does he do? In the name of Jesus, I call you back into your body. His wife jumps into her body, looks at him and says, what are you doing? And I believe they ended up with a good marriage. That's, that's rejection city right there. You got the power to raise me from the dead. Now I'm ticked off. We're going to have an argument about this. I was already perfected. I was with the Lord Jesus. Everything was fine. Never knew peace like this existed. And here you are bringing me back in my body. And she, he said, but you didn't say goodbye. I miss you already. She said, honey, you're going to be fine. She said, let me go. What power is that? And not even thinking twice. Don't you think he was a little distraught? Come on, it's his wife. Don't you think he felt the separation? I would think so. I know what it's like at times like now. I mean, my wife, she's gone. I feel separated. <laughs> She'll be back. But here's what God showed me is that this was normal manifestations of the sons of God.
There was another story where Wigglesworth, you, you got one more in you, come on. There, this, this man was in his meeting and, and he, he was at the point of death and his two men propped him up and said, Wigglesworth, pray for our buddy. He's dying, he's dying. Wigglesworth takes him and punches him in the stomach and says, in Jesus' name, be healed. And he collapses. Ministers today would walk out and go, whoa, God's really moving on him. No, he died. This guy died. How cool is that? How many of y'all want Wigglesworth to lay hands on you where you might live, you might not? I don't know. Just, but so anyway, he's out under the power. He's dead, not out under, out under the power. He's dead. And they come over and they're mad. They're like, Wigglesworth, you just killed our buddy. He's not dead. He's alive. I don't know. You talk to him. He got, he's pretty convinced he's alive. I mean. Wigglesworth, look, he's in a clump. He's dead over here. He's not dead. He's alive. And he went over and picked up this corpse. And he's slamming this corpse up against the wall. Do you know how many people would be offended at this? Okay, first of all, he just killed a man. You know how men are today. He just killed a man. That ain't right. Where's the outcry? Oh, now the, now he's whooping up on a brother. He's whooping up on a dead brother. What is our world coming to? No, 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 no. What's our world coming to is a manifestation of the sons of God. He's beating this man into a wall saying, come back in Jesus' name. Don't you know what it would have been like to be that brother that came back into his body? was thinking you know he's sitting there he was dead he was with jesus i'm hoping and now he comes back into his body and this preacher is like you already killed me what are you doing you try brought me back to kill me again you know come on now but that's the power when you know that you know that you know you don't back off Last story here. My wife had mentioned to us uh, to me about this uh, conference we did in michigan this man and and there's a Oh, praise God. There is no such thing in the word that I have seen that differentiates between a miracle and a creative miracle. It's just a miracle to God. So that means we're the ones that have categorized it into degrees of difficulty. But what's impossible with you, get excited. Because if he's in you, I said if he's in you, say he's in me. What's possible with God now becomes possible with you. Come on now. And so here, this man at the end of the service, it's a Sunday morning, praise God, just messing up our Sunday mornings, trying to get in and out. And he lifts his hand and he goes, uh, yeah, uh, can you pray for me? I said, what's wrong back there? He said, about eight months ago, I had my hand blown off. Okay. What happened? It was a hunting accident, and the shell went off in my hand and blew my hand off. I said, well, are you in pain right now? And he goes, severe. On a scale from 1 to 10, I'm constantly at an 8 on all this high-powered medication. I said, well, come on up here. Come on now. When you know you're not taking the glory, and you've got an obligation to give him all the glory... 
Think about that. Don't pass up an opportunity to show how good God is. Oh, come on now. Don't you chicken out and back off and say, I didn't pray up enough. I didn't read up enough. I'm not good enough. I mean, you need to get in there and lay hands on it and say, forget about me. Let's let God show up in here because he's in me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. My body may not look like it. Yours may not look like it. But honey, I'm a temple of the living God. I've got glory in here. I've got fire in here. Let's see a miracle. He comes up. His hand had been sewn on and put together with uh, uh, steel beams and plates. So his hand was like at a a little bit of an angle so that when he was down, it looked kind of normal. He pulled up his sleeve. He had this huge diamond-shaped, bright red. I'm trying to see. It was as red as the exit sign. It was inflamed. He said, skin won't grow over this. And this is a skin graft. He said, I've had seven surgeries in the last eight months. He said, this is constantly infected. It's constant. your back. It's constantly inflamed. When you look like I do and you get to marry somebody that looks like her, you shut your mouth. I'm happy she's back. Hallelujah. <laughs> Who said good word? Who said that? A single guy. No, anyway, I'm kidding. (laughs) It's good to see you guys. So he's got this fresh wound still there. And this weird looking shaped, you know, the way they got it. I mean, he said he can't even feel his hand. They put as many nerves together as possible. But still, they said this is the best it's going to get. At this point, we just need to get this wound and all this healed up. Now watch this. I said, high five me. It's in the scripture here somewhere, something about it. I don't know. I'll lift holy hands and then high five me. He goes, Do what? If some of y'all are old enough to know this, he pulled the uh, What You Talking About Willis on me. What you talking about, Willis? A lot of older people, that's good. And I said, High five me. Okay. I said, don't even think about it. He high-fived me. And I was expecting for him to go, Duh! And he didn't, but his family that came up with him did. He and I are just standing there like bosses, and they're all going, And I said, well, he goes, that's peculiar. He's not even saved. He said, wow, God's real. I said, he is? I said, of course he's real. He said, my my hand. That would have shot pain all the way up my arm. He said, there's no pain. And I'm starting to get feeling back in my hand. I said, give me that hand. Come here, Yolande. Hold out your hand like it's all kind of crooked. Okay, here. Not like you're a gangbanger. I mean, just. Yeah, kind of like. Yes. I said, now stretch out your hand. Keep it kind of messed up at me. I said, in the name of Jesus. And I went like that. And it straightened out completely. Ah, Now, wait a minute. This is what's crazy. I looked at it. I wasn't expecting it. 
I was just, I knew to grab it and do that. I wasn't expecting it to straighten out immediately like it did. His, there was, I didn't even know it. There were metal plates and screws that kept it like this. And when he went like this, they must have all disappeared. He started feeling for them. His fiance started feeling for him and goes, all I can feel her bone, honey. All I can feel is bone. She begins to weep. She goes, I, I, I'm giving my life to Jesus. He turned and gave his life to Jesus. His son gave his life to Jesus. Come on. And, uh, oh, come on now. This scar began to turn flesh color like that. They began to point and say, look, skin is beginning to form over his forearm." Say, I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the word. I'm led by his spirit. I have conformed my mind to the word. Therefore, it's transformed. I'm transformed. I have the Holy Ghost. He's on the inside of me. The greater one lives. I carry the glory cloud. I carry the fire. I carry resurrection power. <laughs> glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.